Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, half back, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! I like whenever we have Bump on because we can squeeze in some basketball talk really quickly. Bump, I saw this last night. You need an intervention. I know you miss Kobe Bryant, but Russell Westbrook's Mamba mentality is legitimately the worst possible thing for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers this coming season, dude. Mamba mentality, baby. Hey, I don't, I don't know if it's a good fit, Paul. I'm not gonna lie. You know it's but a bad fit. Come on. I, I'm not. Yeah, it, is it gonna work? Probably not. But I got to take something from it. And Russ, he just plays hard. I'm not gonna appreciate that. And if Kobe says. He's got the mentality, then I'm going to ride with that. I need something to believe in, Paul. Don't rain on my parade. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, a, I could see the Westbrook thing working. Well, he's I, just got to he's got to agree to not shoot threes. Like if he could agree to not shoot threes, I could see because he's he's an incredible wing defender. Like he's it, but he's got to buy into that role. Like he can't be he can't even be the number 2 scorer on that team. Yeah, he's got to Driving uh, and dish. That's why Melo's yes. there. Sitting in the corner. Melo shot 41% from three-point last year. Career high. That's why Melo was there. Shoot the three. Westbrook, you get to the paint. Triple doubles all day. Let's go. You're younger than most of the Lakers, Bob. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm perfect. I fit right in. 85. I, I, would, I would like to point out that the idiot of the offseason is Schroeder. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. How much money did he cost himself? Hey man, that's like, cost was the, the Lakers offering like $60 million? It was like four years, $60 million guaranteed. <laughs> he takes a one-year deal for what, $4 million? What are you doing? Does he not like LeBron? Something, something's I, going on there. I don't know. That dude's weird. Like that dude's always been weird. It seems like guys don't like him, and he just cost himself he just cost himself $55 million. Playing Tripping. for the best franchise in the history of basketball now, though. So, I mean, obviously he made yeah, the good, right decision. Good luck in Boston. <laughs> Championship. Question one. The San Francisco 49ers have a question about what they do with their quarterbacks this year. Jimmy Garoppolo has been on the unofficial depth chart listed as quarterback number one. But, of course, Trey Lance is looming, and he's going to get some situational reps this year, Bump. What should San Francisco do at quarterback? Just make a decision. Kyle Shanahan, he's not committing to anybody right now. And he's not saying, okay, it's... It's an open competition. Now he's saying, hey, we might rotate quarterbacks. I don't know what we're going to do. And what does that do to your football team? It just keeps you in limbo. At some point, if I say right now, you just say Jimmy's a guy, we're going with Jimmy. And if Trey beats him out, you beat him out. Here's the thing, too. If you cut Jimmy before week one, you save $25 million. You can go elsewhere and, and kind of get some guys to, to surround Trey Lance. I just think the worst idea they can do is try to rotate two quarterbacks. This is not varsity football on Friday nights where – you just have better athletes on one side of the ball, and you can get it done. This is the NFL. Your team needs to have an identity. And if you commit to rotating quarterbacks, then you're not going to have an identity, and I think you're going to lose your players. It did seem, though, like Shanahan had committed to Garoppolo as a first quarterback. It just, at the same time, Bump, with what you're laying out, it does feel like it's getting a little bit more wishy-washy as far as 
if they're going to stick with that going forward. Maybe coaches just shouldn't make any declarations about their intentions publicly so that we can't have these kind of conversations and this uncertainty isn't hanging in the air. What do you think the locker room's reading into it with what they're hearing out of Kyle Shanahan and what they're seeing from these two guys on the field? Well, if you ask uh, Kyle Shanahan, the locker room's great. Everybody's good. I doubt it. I'm sure a guy like Brandon Ayuk probably wants a younger guy in there. Um, It just uncertainty, and that's what you don't want, especially with a a team that's legit Super Bowl contenders. Their defense is getting healthy. You got weapons on offense. Uh, What's crazy is going to be if Trey Lance starts and you have a $25 million backup, and they're not going to get rid of him either because – they learned a few years ago you got to have depth at that quarterback position. It just makes it awkward there, man. And now these guys are forced to get in front of the cameras and talk to the media and pretend like they're bought into this, oh, if we have to rotate quarterbacks, we'll rotate quarterbacks. Nobody wants that. I, Kyle, just make a decision and roll with it, and you can always change your mind. It happens every single day. I just think he's doing more harm than good right now with his uncertainty. I, I agree with you. This is also setting up as the same. It feels the same as when Russ won the starting job in Seattle in 2012. Like, I think there's a chance that at the end of this, if they're starting Jimmy Garoppolo week one, this all this was a mistake. Like, you should have just kept the kid on the back burner and said, we're preparing. Yeah. But I also think they're, they might have seen enough that they think Trey Lance is going to be the starter and give him a path to win the job. In this case, that would be, we'll give him some reps. Third preseason game when when Russ kind of came out and put on a show and Flynn had a soggy arm and wasn't able to play that game. I I think we're seeing a chance. I think there's a chance that Trey Lance comes out of this as a starter. But I agree with you. If this is Garoppolo as the starter, you've just wasted a bunch of time and messed around with a lot of people's confidence. Week three, week four. Lance is the guy. You heard it here, folks. You've, you've been saying it for a while. Yep. I'm interested to see if that happens. Man. Same. Question two. All right, Bump. The NFL is going to emphasize taunting. They're going to be on the lookout. The refs have been told to be on the lookout for taunting. Think about the children. Getting up and flexing. Anything that's done... My question to you is, who is who wants this? Like, who is who thinks that this is a problem? I don't know anybody that's like, I I hate taunting. I don't want to see any more. Like, who? Why are they doing this? Because they have nothing else to do. They're bored. Every year they want to try to change the game and make the game better. You're giving the referees even more power now. They have enough power. They can already affect the games. And this is an emotional sport. Like, these guys are out there risking their lives every single snap. If you don't play this game with emotion, then you're probably going to get smacked anyway. And what? what's taunting? Um, Tyreek Hill running by you and chugging up the deuces? What's wrong with that? I, I mean, what's wrong with that? What, what's taunting? Standing up and flexing after you just got hit? What's wrong with that? And now, okay, this is, this is how you adjust as a player. You do that, but you focus towards your teammates when you do it, right? Instead of looking at your opponent, you look at your teammates when you do all this stuff. But even if they do that, these referees are going to get it wrong. They are going to get it wrong. I promise you they are going to take the fun out of the game. The NFL almost had it right. Celebrations came in, and we're watching the Seahawks celebrate and all this fun in the end zone. And now they're like, you know what? The kids are having too much fun. Reel them back in. Having too much fun. I, I, I just completely disagree with this mission. You're taking the fun out of the game. Let guys be emotional. There's a limit to it. I understand. You know, there, there's a limit to things. But don't take the fun out the game. You've done a good job so far. The 509 says, liberals want it, Danny. Liberal Karens. Mm-hmm. No. 
No, they don't. Because I'm one of those liberals. I'm one of those pinko liberals that you talk about. And I want more taunting. Sounds like I think you took a red some- pill. I think that this is something that can bring America together. Like, we <laughs> want taunting. In these divided times, we can all stand unified. The only argument that's ever made sense to me is parents who say, I don't want my kids doing that. That when, when a pro does it, and I don't buy it for a lot of reasons. Like, we don't want kids drinking alcohol either, but we don't ban TV advertisements for it. We don't, we don't, pr- we're going to ban the internet. Right. Like those sort of <laughs> things. So there's a lot of things that you can just say, okay, that's for them, but it's not for you. They're kids. That's what they should be told is that you can't do that yet. TikTok we, is worse than taunting. Have you been on TikTok? <laughs> These reels and stuff, all the garbage that's on that. Are you kidding me? If my kid wants to flex a little bit and not be on his phone glued to this TikTok doing all these dumb dances and stuff, I'd take that all day. <laughs> Are your kids on TikTok? No, they're not on TikTok. Heck no. Good. Yeah. Sure about asked, that? You know? I was I'm asked, not sure I, about that sneaky little dude. Right? <laughs> I was asked by my sister about fanny packs, and I, I quoted, I was like, in the words of Michael Bumpus, that stuff's lame. The, the return of fanny packs is for dorks. They're trying to bring back the 90s. They're trying to bring back the 80s. Isn't this about hurt feelings and how we're more sensitive to other people's feelings, which in a way can be good, empathy, but at the same time, empathy does not belong in sports. Nope. This is a bloodthirsty, cutthroat, competitive game and if somebody feels the need to add an extra little bit of flair to something that they do over the course of a game as long as they back it up the rest of the game that's their right they should be able to do it and if somebody ends up showing them up like Antoine Winfield showing up Tyreek Hill a couple of weeks later that, that should be justice, illegal too right that was yeah. justice yes. like everybody who looked at that and said like oh my gosh i can't believe he did uh, that i was like that tony was romo awesome. did tony romo acted like the president just got shot which oh, was really? I, I yeah remember that in the super bowl like mm-hmm. oh you just can't do that it's tyree kill bro sure too of can. all people it's tyree kill like we really care about what this person is going through when oh wow god oh god forbid that tyree hill have his feelings hurt one of the all-time great guys in the nfl tyree kill didn't complain about it though. no he, he didn't no. that's the even He's, better part Right, like that's yeah. if if you if you give it, you got to be able to take it. Those are the rules. He it's went gamesmanship. Up. Every it's gamesmanship. That's part of the game. That's how you try to get into someone's head. You try to get them to react. You get them out out, out their flow. It's it's just people are too sensitive right now, man. Hill even fun. went up to the referee afterwards and was like, eh, you know, it, it looked like he was saying, yeah, this is this isn't something that's necessary. Nah. Question number three. Let's move back to Seahawks training camp. Bump, at what point are you going to be nervous? We heard Pete answer this question very curtly on Sunday after the mock game. At what point would you be nervous about Jamal Adams and Dwayne Brown, the respective hold-ins and the lack of progress, at least we are seeing publicly, about a month away from the start of the regular season towards those two having contract extensions? I'm good until game week. Once they start prepping for the Colts and you don't have your guys in there, then I think it's a problem. Because you can go through training camp. This is all a song and dance. You're seeing who's in shape, who knows the playbook. But once you start game planning for a team and you're not allowed to attack or protect the way that you want to because you don't have your dogs in there, then I start to get a bit concerned. So right now I'm not worried about it. Jamal seems like he's engaged. I watched Dwayne Brown coach guys on the sideline. It's not like they're sitting there pouting and and giving bad energy to the sidelines. No, they're still in it. And because they're still in it, they're still engaged, it makes me hopeful. So I'm not tripping until game week.
if once you know we start preparing for the Colts or Jacob Eason or whoever's at the quarterback spot, and we don't have our guys out there, then I get concerned. What's that like for players as they watch teammates or that uncertainty? Is it something that you just consider that's their deal and what they're and I, and I don't mess with it? Do you find yourself thinking about what might happen with them? How do you deal with that as a teammate? You think about it. <clears throat> you think about what this offensive will look like with Dwayne Brown. You think about what this defense will look like with Jamal Adams, but you can't control that. Now, you're going to think about it, but you're not going to spend much time on it. You still have a job to do. You know how much better this team would be with those guys. But if now if you're backing these dudes up, you're man, you're like, all right, I got opportunity here. When Jamal comes back, he's going to get a spot. Obviously, when Dwayne comes back, he's going to get a spot. But you have an opportunity to make an impression on the staff and say, look, just in case these dudes can't make it or they're not going to be out here, I got you, but the show must go on. Time stops for nobody. The game stops for nobody. You just got to keep it pushing. One of the guys that has actually been making some headway, and I don't know if this actually means anything because it's practice, but Ashari Crosswell, who's a rookie safety out of Arizona State, has probably been the, who the heck is that guy, star of camp to this point. And I think he had a pick six yesterday. He's been making plays all over the place. That's somebody that gets an opportunity that we get to see in the preseason with this availability, just like with Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal had a couple of weeks where we were like, oh, wow, look at that guy last year when he first subbed in for an injured Jamal Adams. And these guys are getting reps. And even if they don't make the team, they're still advertising themselves to the rest of the league now. Those reps are going to show up during preseason. You put it on film. Other teams talk to coaches. They ask about a guy. It's good for those guys. Jamal Adams and Dwayne Brown will be fine. But week one comes around. They're not out there. Then we panic. That is Blue 42. Our training camp coverage here at 710 ESPN Seattle is brought to you by Precore Home Fitness. 